This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. Welcome to the Ed Bounds Podcast. Uh, my name is Adam Jabber, and I am your host. Um, today, we have an excellent episode with a repeat guest um, and a good friend of mine, uh, Shane McFalls. If you don't know Shane, uh, you should listen to episode 86, I believe it is, uh, where we kind of talk about his backstory, uh, his career, uh, his involvement with Line Traveling Circus as the filmer, sometimes skier, um, and a whole bunch more. Um, that was a great episode as well, and uh, this one is no different. Um, this time we spend a lot of time talking about uh, his son Soren, who was diagnosed with leukemia uh, this past year. Um, what that has been like, that struggle, um, and a whole bunch more. Um, we talk about skiing, we talk about touring, we talk about some hidden spots that uh, I'm going to try to bleep out all of, so if I don't, then I guess you're lucky and you get to know the hidden spots so you'll have to listen in for that um what else we talk about pow surfing we definitely talk about pow surfing um but i hope you guys enjoy it i always have a good time talking to shane he's very insightful he's very thoughtful um and there's uh there's not a lot of people like that i think so uh before we jump into the episode i just wanted to say a quick thank you to our sponsor for today uh fisher skis fisher is uh, has been a sp- sponsor of the show for a very long time now. Um, if you've been a long time listener, you know this. Um, they make all kinds of different product uh, for the ski world, um, but they are a leader in the Alpine Touring category, which has been blowing up for the past couple of years, um, or I guess even longer at this point, but especially the past couple of years. Um, they really focus on the new Transalp boot for next season. Um, it's a very unique boot. It's got two buckles. Um, basically the power strap is interlocked. It's a very, it, it's cool boot. I'm excited to show you guys. You've seen some pictures maybe. Um, it's that yellow boot and, uh, kind of sits nicely in between the Traverse and the Ranger free category, um, or the Ranger category. So, uh, it, it covers all the bases. And I think Fisher at this point has kind of aligned themselves where they have basically the best option as far as the big companies go. I think they have the best full line offering for the Alpine Touring category. Um, and I think a lot of people probably feel that way as well. Um, so you can check out their stuff at www.fishersports.com. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's my plug for today. Um, oh, yeah. Also, be sure to leave a review on iTunes if you get the opportunity. Um, and more importantly, uh, I included a link to the GoFundMe for Soren. Uh, in the show notes, please check that out, and uh, anything you can donate to help out is uh, is much appreciated, I am sure, um, and definitely appreciated by me. So, um, I hope uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know I did, and uh, as always, um, right. Shane, uh, so Shane now you're recording. So, no, I'm recording. Okay. Enjoy. If I don't Bye. look you in the eyes, 
It's only out of my own social awkwardness. I'm probably going to stare right That's okay. into the corner you, of the porch. If, if you looked at me in the eyes for an hour straight, I'll try I'd to, be like, this is weird. Like, are we, yeah, what's how going many, on? <laughs> do people look you in the I can't remember the last time I did this. I don't, I don't know if I... I feel like I'm probably bad about eye contact. I'm good about eye contact for short conversations. Like for yeah. like if we're like talking about something real quick, cool. Eye contact's fine. If uh, a whole podcast, I feel like it is almost more uncomfortable if I was to sit here and just be like, <laughs> yeah. "What's up?" The whole time you're just like, by the end of it, you're gonna be like, "I yeah." I feel like you're looking into someone's soul, and like after an hour of looking into someone's soul, you're like, "I'm I'm good. I know enough like about this. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. I'm okay." I mean, I fully like don't even turn my camera on on Zoom calls anymore. I'm like that, and I always like. What's the point? I don't know. I'm just like, What's whatever. You don't need to see me like sitting in my like. <laughs> do you have like decent Wi-Fi out here? We do now. Yeah. Just recently it turned into Comcast like in the past year. So now yeah. the speed like is pretty fast, but it's totally where you live. Like people who might live like, you know, a mile that way. Yeah. Don't have Comcast and their internet's terrible. Yeah. And like some people are like using internet like off of cell towers so right. it's it totally depends on where you live and yeah yeah it's uh i don't know like right. I, i've been doing these interviews over the you internet should edit all of this out this is all bullshit but like i think people <laughs> like this i'm not even introducing you yet like well, well my internet's bad yeah the I internet's won't... bad everybody's like oh weird my internet's bad too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I can relate to this i <laughs> yeah, love it's this totally relatable this guy's great um, anyway and enough about internet um who are you? Tell people a little bit about yourself. Like you've been on the show before. Like people can listen to it. I think it's episode eighty four. I but, have. Um, but for people who haven't listened, which is I don't know twenty percent of the audience probably. Sure. Um, tell them who you are. My name is Shane McFalls. <laughs> um, I worked for Line Skis for a long time, making the traveling circus videos. Um, yeah, I guess the first podcast was essentially like traveling circus my like yeah this is who i am story yeah um we're here in southern vermont on my neighbor's porch yeah thank you to shane's because it started raining and so i was like well we can't do this in my backyard yeah uh in my house (laughs) my kids are there and we're still like slightly covid scared and i was like oh we can do this on my neighbor's porch yeah, are people wearing masks around? Like, have you, I don't know how much actual. Social I see, ha- uh, yeah. Get, so like. in Brattleboro, like I would say about half of Brattleboro is wearing a mask, and I, you know, I think in the stores it's like you know preferred. Yeah. Um, but in Vermont, we're also like definitely the highest percentage of vaccinated people in in the country. I think it's it's over eighty percent, which yeah. is like yes, Vermont is full of very progressive liberal folks, but there are a large population of people yeah. who aren't, you know, don't um, stand on that side of the stuff. So I think that, like, to me, the the conser- there are many conservative folks in Vermont that I think are still <laughs> awesome people, but also, like, you know, it, it wasn't a thing for them about getting vaccinated or any of that. It was... yeah. I feel like that's part of the that's one of the differences though in Vermont is people are more communal in a sense like everybody feels that they need to get this thing done and be done like be done with covid move on right and if this is the step for everybody to move on I feel like Vermonters as a very vague generality are more 
they're more like we need to get to this point where we can all be good and we'll move on regardless of political belief regardless of you know like you can be a republican it feels like in vermont and it's not a huge deal but in mass it feels like yeah yeah i mean i have neighbors on the hill here who are like very much into to to hunting and drive huge trucks and and four-wheelers and and like have very different interests than me and probably like you know, our social political beliefs might be different. We just are very different people, but like, I know they got vaccinated super early and it was like not a thing for them. Yeah. You know, it was like, sure, cool. whatever. Like, it's it's science and and it just wasn't a stand for them to take or whatever. So, yeah. Um, in, in many ways, I feel like, yeah, Vermont can be a model for this country on a lot of different things. And like, you know, we have a Republican governor. Um, I don't know. This is so boring. Nobody wants to people, talk about <laughs> People are going to be like, what are you <laughs> fucking so sick yeah, of talking about yeah. COVID and vaccines yeah, and like politics. It's so like, dumb. Like, like, but whatever. You don't need, I don't know. I saw some meme or whatever. Something recently. Oh, it was a Lemmy quote from Motorhead. <laughs> <laughs> and he was something like, it was it was like there are people who are assholes and there are people who aren't like and if you can't figure out the difference like yeah like you're it was you know it was something like that or it's like yeah like yeah for sure dude yeah that makes that makes one hundred percent let me but that's uh, it's not even for me it's not even about COVID or any anything it's just about like this is the way Vermont is Vermont is a weird place and I feel that if you're from a different area and you haven't like experienced what this whole Vermont thing is about like it's very it gets I, romanticized a lot, right? I didn't have neighbors like this where I grew up. And maybe that was just, like, my parents being, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. But, like, I didn't have the environment where, like, my neighbors are gone, right? And, like, I can know I can come record a podcast in their, like, yeah, we're literally, house. Yeah, and it won't totally. even be a thing for them. Like, if I need, like, to borrow a crowbar to rip up my deck or something, you know, it, it, yeah, go in the basement. We're gone till Saturday. You'll find it, whatever. Like, yeah. Um, that sort of like neighborly and maybe I'm I am definitely super lucky that I have neighbors that are epic but yeah I didn't exp- I didn't wave at people driving around in New York or no. Utah I remember no. like moving back here and being like Allie it's fucking weird like someone said hi to me at the gas station yeah. and I was yeah. like I don't know you dude yeah. like <laughs> people are talking to you and you're like what do you want from me and like, like I fully you- like yeah like you wave to people on the dirt roads and and it's like these little like nice little zesty slice of life things that are like cool like this is nice so can i ask you about people coming to vermont then because like you're a transplant i guess to the vermont area but it seems like you've kind of taken on like the vermont local bit like it seems like you are a vermont local at this point um how do you feel about so many people buying houses in Vermont as second homes, like near the mountains? Like, I, I guess the reason I ask is because all season, like I'm at our Mount Snow store a ton and mm-hmm. I'm just like New York plate, New York plate, New York plate, uh, New Jersey plate, New Jersey plate, Connecticut, Connecticut, New York, New York. Yeah. So this year I didn't get on a chairlift once this year. That's probably the first time I haven't gotten on a chairlift since I was, 15 or 14 whenever i started skiing yeah like i i I had the foresight (laughs) two years ago that like hey i don't think i'm gonna be able to swindle a free pass anymore now that Vail owns mount snow and a bunch of my connections at mount snow were leaving and i I could just see the gears 
turning of like, yeah. well, I'm either going to have to buy a pass next year or whatever, which is fine. It's totally. F- like, I've skied for free for yeah. like m- over a decade, like, yeah. under undeservingly so most of the time, <laughs> probably. And that's amazing. Like, I, I need to, bu- like, <laughs> pay into the system to a point, whatever. I don't know. So I never got on a lift this year. I was going to buy a pass in the spring and then, like, like two springs ago. Yeah. You know, so, but then like with the pandemic, I wasn't sure if I was going to get laid off. So I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. And then Soren got sick. And so then it was just like, well, I'm not even thinking about that. So then the winter rolled around. And um, so I would be, long story short, coming back around to your Vermont thing or people visiting, like started going to a lot of the more like I'm air quoting this hard like backcountry yeah, touring yeah. areas yeah. around southern Vermont because yeah. we actually had an amazing season for our area yeah um dude I would show up to the fucking Dovertown Forest yeah. at seven in the morning and there'd be there'd be dudes sleeping in their like eighty thousand dollar fucking Sprinter van <laughs> from Massachusetts it's like you can't live more than two hours away from here like and and i'm lapping them like they're not even out of there yeah, i can yeah. see them like moving around in there like you're not even up yet and you slept here and like yeah like dude you're gonna like yeah. once this is three people ski this it's tracked out so like yeah. the whole point of sleeping here should be like get up at first break. one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or and then you'd come back you know like so i'd get there early do a few laps and that place, you go by the parking lot every lap, right? So yeah, right. You're that's seeing... so weird, by the way. Like that's a, such an yeah, odd place. Weird. Like you go by the it's, parking lot. I, I don't feel like blowing it. I don't feel like I'm blowing it up at all. I think it's blown out. It's blown but like out, the yeah. only way it's worth it is if you go all the way out to the farthest, yeah, for sure. where it's that two, and you have to hike again in the middle. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is just like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> this is flat. This is flatter than flat. Yeah, but. Yeah, what's the so anyway? So you do every lap, right? And you see the parking lot start filling up with out of state plates. I don't really see you don't see that many people back in there that often, but yeah, I've definitely been like first or second car and then come out and it's like, you know, I'm not getting like 50 cars like down the road and it's all out of state. And like, they're, you know, in the height of the pandemic, it was for sure unsettling and like, um, I would be real weird on a, you know, cat track, and I would like go way out around people and probably looked like a psycho. Yeah. But like, you like, know, <laughs> it was before people really knew how it was transmitted, and 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 just like, I don't, I dude, I would like if my mailman was coming up and I was yeah. like near the mailbox, I would fucking run the uh, not run, yeah, but yeah, I would yeah. be like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, I need yeah. him to go to the mailbox. Don't go to me. Like I don't, yeah. you know, it was in that <laughs> period of time. Um, same thing with um, Dutch Hill. Yeah, just like a lot of dude. That was crazy traffic, like, even in those zones. So I can imagine the resorts were crazy. Yeah, but I and I understand. The need for the economics of it all and and of what for these mountains and the tourism industry yeah. just being like dude what are we supposed to do like i don't i i am not smart enough to be in a elected position where i need to make decisions about like who for can come people. and where and for the economics uh, yeah, and yeah. taking into all you know it's such a complicated thing so that was weird though because it didn't nobody cared like it was it, when phil mean? scott put that ban on travel it was i mean i'm telling you as a person who was there for work like i was going across the border for work right Right. so like i'm kind of being a hypocrite 
like I'm allowed to whatever, but I'm watching the car, the parking lot fill up every morning with New York plate, New Jersey plate, New York plate, New Jersey plate. And people are like, Oh, I haven't quarantined. Like, and you're like, Oh, okay. Like, and they're like, okay, I'm still going to come in. Like, I'm still going to hang out with you. And also do we have to wear a mask? And I'm like, yeah, like, uh, like, what are we doing here? You know, like it was just, it was weird to see people not really give a shit, but I don't know. It, it seemed like backcountry, it back again, air quotes, backcountry in this area blew up. It was crazy. Like I haven't seen it before. Like that's why I was hitting you up early in the season for like, where do I go? Like, where do I go for spots around here? Because like, I don't know. Because Dovertown Forest was not fun. It was like too blown out to go. <laughs> that place is sick. If day. you get it on a good, like, totally cool. We got a foot. If yeah. you get there at six thirty in the morning. You, or it's, at night, like it's fun. Oh, I'm sure it'd be, yeah, I'm sure it's fun at night too. Even when that place was skied out, like I also was never on skis. <clears throat> I yeah, put you ski, were I put, I put skis on <laughs> for like, I probably skied a total of like 40 feet, <laughs> you know, like collectively. <laughs> like in the yard. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Like I put them on once to fill my kids' sledding. Yeah. And then I like, real early season, I threw like a PVC tube on the ground and I like, you know, slid it a few times. It was like, <laughs> tight, cool. Um, so I would either snowboard. I bought a pow surfer like completely on a whim. Yeah. Um, right before that crazy like December storm. Yeah. So like acquired a Burton discount code. Will Wesson was like, I was like texting with Will or something. And he was like, yeah, dude, you got to buy one. Like even if you don't have a lot of snow and the Parker White influence of watching nothing and mm-hmm. Hanging out with Parker a little bit last two summers ago, like <clears throat> I was like, dude, this looks like amazing. And just so I bought a Burton, like the one everybody has, yeah, the backyard, or whatever. And it got here like that day before that storm. So like yeah. there was grass in our front yard at at five o'clock in the evening, and yeah. at seven in the morning there was like three <laughs> feet of snow. Like it was crazy, and so. That thing like got there the day before, and um, so I went to Dovertown Forest, like having never ridden on that thing. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like, whoa, there's like and you trees. It out. So that what place was... is pretty tree. Yeah, totally. Is that yeah, the body... there's tree-y. a lot of trees. Forest. Well, That's not very well open. Yeah, yeah, it's not very cleared out. So like, really quickly being like, oh, this is not like snowboarding in so many ways. Um, tons of like crazy awkward cartwheeling falls and like. The things yeah. on a leash. I thought the leash was a stupid. I was like, you need a leash for that? And like within, you know, 30 seconds, the thing like shoots out. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're Whoa, like, you do oh, need cool. a leash for this. <laughs> and that, so it has like a learning curve. And so after like a few days, it was like, oh, this is how you do this. You know, it's not about edges so much. You, you It's like a fully different feeling. And then just got f- luck. Well, then all that snow melted. Mm. like within a week by christmas yeah. it, yeah, it was raining on christmas it crazy uh, it's rained on christmas for 10 years so in it row. was just weird like cool that was fun for two days what and then what in january february it got cold and started snowing and pretty much like was this consistent snowy and cold for almost a month and a half or two it was this like incredible run of the snow stayed good and pretty much pow surfed or snowboarded like, you know, three or four times a week and just kind of knew, like, okay, here are my little backcountry zones, air quotes. A lot of, you know, ghost resorts. Yeah. Um, and it was this, like, really, uh, 
I don't know, it became like this incredibly important mental health component of my life, but also so fun to like go on Google Earth and be like, I was driving around the other day. I think I saw like some logging cuts like on this hill. Like, yeah, I'm going to Google Earth this. And like I had a buddy I would go with. I would go with Cole Gibson. He, he was he's a skier. He was in the HG movie. He's an insanely sick skier, but um, is a little bit over like park skiing. And so he has a power surfer and we would like he is a hunter and he has some map app where he can like look at like <laughs> oh this is like unposted land where yeah. these logging cuts are yeah like we can hike in around these people's property um and like finding stuff like that like cole and i for sure had like the moment of like when you finally get a long consistent pow surfing run with like good snow and just being like oh my god like, yeah, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the craziest feeling and it makes everything so much harder. Like, yeah. you go to Dovertown Forest or Dutch Hill if you don't get yelled at by that dude who's, like, kind of intense there. Who? I- I've heard stories about snowboarders. At Dutch? Yeah, like, getting beat. Like, if you're not on a split board, they, like, really don't like snowshoes. Oh, shoes. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I heard that, too, He's actually. In, in- I didn't know it was a guy Apparently, it's people. a dude. <laughs> who, this has never happened to me, but I've heard people who were snowshoeing or were boot packing, but had a skier behind them. Yeah. So like to fill it back in, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's like, yeah. Anyways, it'll make areas being on a power surfer makes areas like that. Like suddenly you're like, like in Alaska, you know, you're just like, Oh shit, dude. I don't know if I can like turn around these trees or like, it just enhances the terrain. It's like a, it's like a penis enlargement pill for like, <laughs> we're on skis. You'd be like, dude, this is kind of like, yeah, not really worth skinning and you get over up. It. Yeah, yeah. You get but over on a it. snowboard, if you're that's yeah. not your thing, like it, it's suddenly like way more challenging and and um, just a fully different experience. So I started going to. I don't think I'm blowing this place up. You should beep it. It'd be funny if you beep it. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. This will be funny if you beep it. <laughs> Because I kind of might be blowing this place up. Okay. I'm, I'm but you should it. check it out. Yeah. So I'll <laughs> let you know. But if you beep it, you other people, you can go. Okay. Just don't post a lot about it. I, I, I mean, people know about it. It's try, not that hard to find. I try You asked not. me once on Instagram, and yeah. I was like, it's my backyard or yeah. something stupid yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are definitely people who know about it. It's a closed resort in southern Vermont. Yeah. That's a great clue. Yeah. It's sick. Really? It's super sick. Yeah. It's really huh. fun. It's a really quick lap. And, dude, so I would go there and pow surf. I figured it out where I'd, like, hit all the main stuff first. Yeah. You don't, And on a pow surfer, you can't really ride over other tracks. You, like, it gets no, for real sure. yeah. loose. Yeah. So, like, as soon as it's skied out a little bit, you have to go find untouched snow. It doesn't really matter how deep it is, as long as you're not hitting the bottom. Like, um, But you just don't want to ride through other people's tracks. Like, I've gotten into stuff where i'll pop out and then suddenly i'm in a snowmobile track and it's just like an instant like you just yeah. like get whipped out and eat shit super hard because um, you can't really put an edge down there's like yeah, no there's edge nothing control, there yeah. um because you'll just kind of fall over so i started going there a lot and had these like just awesome days pretty much always by myself but just having like some sort of on snow experience and was really important last winter and i definitely miss skiing but i was just like i didn't buy a pass in time and then i got like freaked out about 
COVID and being far away from the house and like just trying to be like fiscally responsible, not knowing what's going to happen. And it was for sure weird. Um, but power surfing was good for you for dude, that. Power surfing, like fully, like, yeah, like saved me. It's snowboarding kind of hurts mentally. my knees a yeah. little bit. It's different than snowboarding. So I think people don't really understand what it is too, but I really think that power surfing has saved snowboarding in a lot of ways. Like, for the future, because so many people are now going to have pow surfboards that would not have gotten one previous, would not have gotten a snowboard, and it's now like open snowboarding up to so many it's new definitely people. Definitely getting popular. It's getting popular, cool. and it's like just having a skateboard. It's like you just have it in your car, and yeah. if you have the right hill, like the right driveway, you can like go down on a snow day. I straight up like knocked on some dude's front door who has a field. <laughs> he, he, I found out who owned the land. He has a field that has a steep down, and then it gets flat for a little bit, and then it goes back down steep. It's totally clear. They must mow it, which is crazy to me because it's pretty steep. Like, like even on skis, you'd be like, we took a toboggan on it once, and it was crazy. Like my kids were like screaming, crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like within five seconds, I was like, this is way too fast. Like we're gonna be out. I'm like trying to drag my feet. Like yeah, yeah. So it's a good hill, and but I straight up like knocked on the front door and was like, hey man, like. <laughs> Is it cool if I go sledding here? I was just like, I'm just going to call it sledding. And he's like, yeah, do whatever. Like, it's cool. So I would go there all the time because it's right around the corner. And I would just like totally farm this guy's yard. with. And he, I probably looked crazy. Yeah, um, he probably thinks you're nuts. But who cares? Yeah. It's also Vermont. Like, I feel like so you can do you can that You can do here. it anywhere you is can, essentially yeah. the story. Like you, and you kind of don't need a ton of snow. Um, I just did it in bean boots, like LL bean boots. Yeah. And like got like some snowshoes that I've had for years. I bought like a twenty dollar Dakine bag on eBay that's yeah. like probably forty years old or something to put it in because otherwise I was like either carrying it or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's sick. You don't need goggles. It's like, accessible. Like anything. that's why it's. I think that's why I think it's really good for snowboarding and snow sports in general because. It is different than snowboarding. It feels and totally different too. It does. It feels yeah, way. It cool. feels more like surfing. But I think it's gonna get people out there for less money. You can just go wherever. You don't need to have the time. You don't need to have. You just need snow. If you have snow, you can go. Like you can go. Yeah, out there. I know people in Burlington who bought them yeah. and like were like, yeah, we're just like surfing around like totally a dam or like a graveyard or like a baseball field like behind you know like they were just like poking around little places and yeah, dude, um, my buddy and his wife bought one this year to split like they just like just to like share between the two of them so that like when they're on there because they work in the same place and when they're on lunch break or whatever like whoever's on lunch break will like take it and go rip it and then like so there's another place in dover there's Dovertown forest right and then you go down to dover and on the other side of um 100 like like right behind like the 7-eleven or or it's right across the road from tc's yep there's another backcountry zone Mm -hmm. what is that place it's like something hill no idea it is crazy flat yeah. Not worth skiing. Yeah. But great on a surfer. And it's super clear. Huh. The trees are real clear. But it's like the perfect pow surfing zone if the snow is good there. It's like, hmm. That's like a great place to learn how to pow surf, I think. Um, that's and there's a little skin blow. track. It's yeah. called like something hill. And I'm definitely not blowing that place up because it's crazy flat. Yeah. No, but that's like, perfect. Like, I'm saying like that's two seconds. Two seconds is like a point one mile. Oh, it's drive a from thirty the shop. second. Like, yeah, there's I like could, a snowmobile trail yeah. that you cross over and then right. there's I'm you're totally in this little, gonna little zone that's absolutely pretty fun. abuse that. But yeah, power surfing. 
was pretty much it. And then there was that crazy crust layer at like the end of February. That was so weird. And it that was, was so weird. Yeah, <laughs> was that like, was well, so that weird. Was fun. Yeah. And there was all this beautiful snow sitting under this like two inches of just death ice. Yeah. And then like there was preserved. snow right after it. And it was like there was like up, was there was like three inches of wet snow on top of the crust. And then there was like the nice snow underneath. Like it I remember yeah, it was awful. Was like, I was skiing oh, Dutch man. at night. And I was like, I remember specifically because I was like, cool, I can't turn, you know, and you're skiing that like shoot, whatever that like where the lift line it lift line used to be. Yeah. And it's like dark. You can't see anything. And you're like trying to make tight turns and you're like going through the cross layer and just like, cool, I'm going off into the tree line now. Like this is where we live now. Yeah. The then it ended. So then the winter was over and then there yeah. was just like, um, it actually worked out sort of well because Soren's like treatments ramped up in March mm-hmm. and they were s- somehow like the powder is like, <clears throat> magically never aligned up with any day when we had to be at Dartmouth. So there was no, I never had, I'm sure I could have been an adult about this and been like, well, you know, this is obviously more important. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out where there was never the like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> This yeah. is going to be a bummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could have been an adult about that. But yeah. by the time we had to like start going up there again every day uh, because it works in cycles, like the snow is complete shit, so... It was like this nice little gift of, hey, here's a quick little reprieve. Here's some good snow. And I just bought a pass like a week ago for Magic. Oh, um, yeah. Before the prices went up. And just because I actually would like to like get on a lift and, and put skis on um, and like maybe ski some park, hopefully. So Yeah, they're doing those night sessions now, too. Yeah, like, it looks really fun. Cool. The park looks fun. Yeah, they're doing I a good a job. I had a Magic pass a few years ago. I've had some awesome days there. Yeah, they do a nice um, job there. They're, it's it's like a good, and it doesn't feel. I feel gross giving my money to Vail. Right? It's like, yeah, I was like, well, this is the only place I'm gonna like want to go, and also like, <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. like 450 bucks or something for like a whatever blackout yeah. holiday. And I was like, sure. See, like it's funny because if you were like, oh, Vail Pass to 47 resorts or whatever is 500 dollars, I'm like, this feels disgusting and gross. And Magic's like 450 dollars, and like you don't really get anything, but you get to come hang out here. Like I I feel so good about doing that pass not even because like you're supporting a local business or whatever but because you're like you go there and you feel like you're part of the crew you're like part of a family there you're like part yeah, of like a the ski community there's a vibe there right you go to mount snow now and you're like oh corinthia base lodge is it's a different vibe 47 bajillion dollars and like you know they've got fried fish tacos for lunch you know in the in the same exact place same location just different building that you used to buy like French fries that had like, you know, lunch lady hair in it and shit. You know, like it was like gross, not even five years ago. And now it's like this fucking shiny new. Yeah, Mount Snow has always had its know. own vibe. I don't know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but it's a weird place. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to shit on I've had really much. fun days there skiing park for sure. And totally. I've also been like, what the heck? Totally. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And I like. But the parking thing is crazed. Dude. Crazy. Like, that's a crazy move. Yeah, um, they make me so mad. They make me so mad all the time. But people will pay for it. Like I'm sure they they must calculate. Like, hey, sh- should we yeah. do this? The, they probably well, have like a freaking supercomputer somewhere that's like, yeah, <laughs> they do. It's inside of Rob Katz's brain. It's just like in there, and he's like, well, if we lose twenty percent of the customer, but we gain thirty percent in parking revenue, everything will be fine. Like, I, it, dude, it it was weird. Not weird. It was surreal. To receive so much help from the ski community, yeah, and then in the winter I like didn't even ski, 
Yeah. And it was, Everybody's like, you're part of us. And then you're like, ah, just kidding. I, I didn't like, actually. I sort of am yeah. not, though. Yeah. I? And I also skier. feel like I'm like kind of irrelevant at this point it, on the whatever scale of relevancy or contributing. I don't think that's true. You just con- you contributed to Rogie's thing pretty recently, right? Yeah, it was like a stupid little sticker that I drew really fast. Dude, it's on. I put one All on right. my bike. Like, they're cool. I'll like, say this. I guess we could talk about cancer. Yes, we should talk about cancer. <laughs> we should talk about a lot of things. Here. All right. So that was about as much as my skiing snow <laughs> experience was this past winter, and the rest of it has pretty much just been cancer. And um, so tell tell people what's going on. Tell people what's going yeah. on with Soren. I guess that's sure who yeah. Soren is too is really important to this because so like to, yeah, he's also the cutest kid I've ever seen. Like he's it does help that adorable. he's adorable. He's adorable. Yep, that is a bonus. Um, the glasses, the glasses, the glasses are killer. And he got like new glasses halfway through it. <laughs> so now, like in the beginning, pretty much until like I think about six months ago, we got him like real glasses, right? So before they were just like the flex frames. And now mm-hmm. he has like full real Ray Bans, and they're sick. Yeah, they look very cool. But all right, so I have two kids. I have a five-year-old named Tegan, and I have Soren, who just turned three this past winter. And so. The pandemic starts. We're all at home for two months. I was a full cowboy. Like, fuck it. We'll just put on a mask and go do stuff. Like, this is crazy. People are reading into this. You know, I was fully like, yeah, yeah, yeah. not a non-believer, yeah. but. That's batteries dying, okay. but it's fine. No, don't worry. <laughs> not a non-believer, but like, just didn't think it was that big of a deal. Kind of. I don't know. And then the first week, everyone goes back to school. My wife was running a daycare, a preschool that both my kids go to. They go back on Monday. We're like, cool, it's going to be mellow. Like, we're back to it. And on Friday, Thursday night or something, he gets this weird rash when he's having a bath. And Allie was like, look at this rash. And I was completely, whatever. It's a kid. They get weird rashes. They yeah, have he rolled skins. around outside or it's something. It's not a big yeah, deal. Yeah. And she was like, well, I think I read something like with COVID and kids and rashes. Like, we should just take him to get looked at. And I was like, whatever. So she's like, I'll take him tomorrow, middle of the day. Go to the pediatrician. This is Friday. The pediatrician tells Allie, like, it's one of two things. It's either something, some weird just rash with it's nothing, or it could be something really scary. We'll do a blood test, and we'll call you back. 7 o'clock, you get a phone call, and it's, like, fully the, like, before the phone even answers. They called my phone. I didn't answer. I was like, I just got a missed call from a brat number. It's probably the... And then they called Allie's phone. And I can remember this, unfortunately or fortunately, very vividly of the woman on speakerphone, you know, the, this this pediatrician saying, like, we did a blood test. And you could tell it in her voice. And it was just like, we think it's leukemia. Dartmouth knows you're coming. Drive there now. And, like, that was 7.30, like, bedtime. Um... Fuck. And so, which is weird, like, we switched roles for a second where, like, Allie is definitely the stronger in a crisis mode. She, like, had a, you could just, she shut down for a second, and, like, I, like, went to, like, full, like, EMT, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Everybody get, like, Soren's going to get in the car, we're going to pack a bag, I'm going to call my parents, have them come from New York. Like, I, like, went into this, like, fucking power ranger mode or yeah. something i like remember this super clearly um and they got in the car and drove to dartmouth at like eight o'clock on a friday night 
and then like chemo started on monday like they it was that soon yeah they do like that's insane they do like an initial test i think they did that on saturday where they look at your blood and figure it out and they're like okay we're gonna send this to a sometimes they'll send it to a another lab somewhere else in the country that has an even better microscope to just be like hyper sure of what they're looking at just to confirm what they think it is so they're like we'll get the results back monday morning we'll start chemo monday afternoon we're just you know we're 99 percent sure it's this kind of leukemia but we just want to be 100 percent sure it's this kind of so from like <laughs> friday to monday friday morning i was this is this is um this is right after George Floyd or, or right around George Floyd's death. Friday morning, I was really angry, like everyone else, rightfully so, in the country, just feeling angry. And, and I was like, I'm going to fucking make a T-shirt and like <laughs> probably would have raised $100. But I would just felt like yeah. I felt like everybody else did. It was, you want to do something. Or hopefully. I, yeah, I felt compelled to do something because it was just so heartbreaking to see all this shit happening and um those all that stuff was quickly <laughs> like if you want to forget about like yeah. awful shit in the news having your kid get diagnosed with cancer is an excellent way to suddenly like this yeah, is nothing all else you're thinking about yeah, like yeah. i don't give a fuck about anything and you're yeah. like on this mission so he was diagnosed with leukemia on Monday or confirmed it. They started chemo. He was in the hospital for, you have to stay for, you know, at least two weeks when they first start doing this kind of stuff to see how you are going to handle it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I drove back and forth every day for two weeks and then they came home and then started treatment. And, and like we caught it really, really early where it was just a rash. Right. And so from my understanding, there should probably be some sort of like disclaimer here that like I don't know shit about. You're shit. not a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Like, so if anyone is like an oncologist or yeah, like yeah. a nerd, like they're gonna be like, oh, or even you know, there are just people in this world where I'm like probably gonna make like technical errors. Like I'm like a bro scientist. Like yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, math is math. I yeah. can pretend like I know what I'm talking about, and I've learned a lot about some of this stuff. Like I didn't know what fucking platelets were before all of this, and like, yeah how your white blood cells work. And I, I probably before this wouldn't have known that like in the inside of your bones is where your blood comes. Like, yeah, like really basic science yeah. shit. Like, I don't think I ever connected those kinds of things. So really quickly, you learn a lot about like how blood cancers work. Um, and fortunately for kids, like the kind of leukemia he has is very treatable. Like, like if you're going to get this shit, I think you kind of want to get it at two because yeah, your body is so much more resilient and like he didn't have any of the mental challenges that I'm sure an adult. Yeah. Teenagers or, you know, even if kid is eight, like whoever, like right. he didn't have to think about that kind of shit. Like, am I going to die? That's what I was like, going to ask is like, how was his reaction? Because like, you're like, okay, normally he's fucking two, right? So this is yeah. like just normal. Hey, this is what we're doing now. Right? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I you guess. don't know. I guess. You're not, it's not like I'm pulling like a fifth grader out of school or away from their friends. Yeah. Plus, yeah, we'd also just been in our house for like almost three months without seeing anybody. It was like this yeah, quick little, true. like, hey, here's what quarantine kind of feels like. Um, yeah, so in a lot of ways, the pandemic, or at least the first few months of it, was super helpful. And like, if I'm being totally honest, like, 
Soren and I probably didn't have a super tight relationship until the pandemic. Like, I'm not really good with newborn babies, but like for both of my kids, once they turn around like two and three, like, and they can talk and yeah, like that's when it's been like, oh, this is on now. Like, yeah, for me as a father, like connecting with my kids. And so like those first few months before Soren was diagnosed and we were just home every day and like the weather was nice enough that him and I would be out on the bike a lot. I have one of those, um, those like shotgun front. Mount. What are those called? I think they're called shotguns. It has like a funny name, but yeah, I have one of those seats where he sits the right in front he of me rides and the like handlebars, right? Like, yeah. He's hanging onto on my handlebars. Right. He's sitting right in front of me. It's like, yeah, I forget connects to the little post under the seat. But like, dude, we would rip that thing. Like, we rip like single track trails. Like, where I'm Sick. like, sometimes I'm like, dude, this is maybe like a little too gnarly. <laughs> um, so we had like this like, I think a period of like really helpful bonding going into this like fucking shitstorm. So, um, leukemia is like, there's a vast. I don't know if it's vast is the right word. There's different kinds of leukemia. He doesn't have the easiest kind of treat, but he definitely doesn't have the more complicated kinds to treat. Yeah. Um, so, like, stem cell transplants, like, all that sh- crazier shit that's very technical and, and – or not technical, complicated. Yeah. A lot of the more complicated treatment stuff from the beginning, they were like, yeah, we don't see that being part of this for him. Like, yeah. it's in his blood. It's in his spinal fluid. Like, we expect that. Like, most of the things that have happened – fortunately or unfortunate whatever lucky i don't know like the oncologist all, all most of the time are like yep that happens or yes we expected this or like yep we've seen that you know yep. like there's definitely been there was a month where he couldn't walk yeah um because he had like some temporary nerve damage from one of the chemos there's different kinds of chemo they all equally have a fucking crazy God, name than the so next crazy. and they're like you know like some like ace eight syllable name that's yeah. like really hard to pronounce and like so each of them have different side effects and so we couldn't walk for a little while and that was really gnarly um you know and that was in that time he was also on these nasty fucking steroids that also help kill cancer in a different way and there would be days where you're like Allie and i would be like dude i don't think i saw him smile today yeah you know, and that, that was dark. And when we got into some of those zones, they were like, yeah, you're, you know, it got like less clear of answers of, yes, this is supposed to happen or we expect this. And like that shit got really scary. Um, what did they say? Like, what did they say to you then when you're going through that? Because like as the doctors and as the hospital, like they're just like, oh, this is where it gets hard. I, they tell you it's going to be hard from day one. So okay. You're in this hospital room at Dartmouth. I can, like, smell it, and I can, like... There are Mm. certain days, if the weather's right, especially when it greened up again, I have, like, vivid smell and, like, weather flashbacks to how, like, (laughs) certain humidity felt, like, running into the hospital. I don't know. It's weird. I have, like, extremely sensitive uh, smell nostalgia. Like, I'll catch whiffs of cigarette smoke in the winter. Yeah. And I'm skiing at night in central New York in high school yeah. <laughs> next to my cousin who's smoking yeah. on the chairlift. You know, like, um, if I smell diesel fuel, I'm, like, back in high school at this, like, shitty job I had. There's, like, just whatever. Yeah, yeah. They tell you it's hard from day one. Like, 
there's a PA who's a physician's assistant. He's been like super part of our like he's been one of our people. And I remember him like being like, This is gonna be hard, like really fucking hard. Like this is not easy. And and sort of being like, Yeah, what I don't know, like not really gauge you just don't have a gauge for like what that really means. I don't think you know, and also like it seems like you're also the kind of person where like you don't want to feel it before you have to feel like you have to feel it when it comes, I guess, you know? Like I really, and then you deal with it. I really quickly had to dive into these like life raft versions of mindfulness and like yeah, I I call the therapist like a week into it. He's like, and this is something I probably should have done years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And whatever. But in the moment of like, all right, it's real crazy. The first few days you're just like, what? Like you're not eating. Like it's been explained to me, you know, with stress, like you're programmed under a stressful situation to like shut down because your body like thinks you're like running from a hyena or something. And so you're not eating like it, it, there was all these crazy things about stress and and your flight or flight. And at some point I was like, I'm going to need, like, I know myself well enough. Like I'm going to fucking not (laughs) be good at this. Yeah. And I, so I call a therapist and like set up a phone call because this is, obviously pandemic and he's like well i'm doing it all telehealth blah 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 and this fucking dude like to his credit i probably didn't give him enough of a chance but like i explained like my life history to this guy like unfiltered me for an hour and a half on the phone i'm in the fucking parking lot of dartmouth like just unloaded you know like no reservations (laughs) (laughs) like tell shit him shit like i've never told people before and his response was like so do you know that take five or take 10 app it's with a british guy it's like a really popular mindfulness app yeah yeah. it it was like so like canned like well my advice to you would you know be you know we're out of time imagine yourself in a river and i was like you motherfucker like i was like i've downloaded that app like i'm in crisis mode i need like something to like sink my teeth into like and this is like to his credit like it was a phone call. I probably sounded insane. Like, I, you know, maybe the next session would have been, like, what I was looking for. I didn't give him a chance, and I've heard that you're not supposed to just bail on someone after one session with a therapist. Whatever. I bailed. I was like, fuck <laughs> this, dude. Like, just send me your address. I'll send you a check. Like, cool. And then I talked to a parent who had gone through something similar decades ago. And... This is like an hour later on the phone. He's someone I met through a video project, and I didn't even know his kid had brain cancer when she was younger. I just thought he might be... I honestly called him for nutrition advice. Yeah. Because I was looking at the food. Like, Yeah, yeah. The, the oncologists are amazing. The nurses have all been amazing. like, And an amazing in like a lot of different ways. But the food that he was like ordering or that they were bringing to him when he was admitted was fucked up. And it was just like, nope, like that's not happening. Like... So I started, like, coming in every day with a cooler full of, like, all of these meals and smoothies and shit for Allie because she was staying there. Yeah. Anyways, I called him about food advice, find out his kid had brain cancer when she was eight back in the 90s, and 
just like wrote down a page of him talking and and his advice the most important thing he said to me was just like you can't control any of this except your attitude and that can like resonate out in so many ways and so that became like my mantra for essentially the last year of my life of just like you know i can't control things like there's so much i can't control and um just being present and and like that doesn't that gets said a lot right how important that is but this was like a lesson of like shit that happens tomorrow or whatever is going to happen in a week or four hours from now like is not real um and while that fear of the unknown like we are programmed as humans this is like like i've like picked this is why i feel like a bro science person here where like i'll listen to a podcast about like mindfulness or meditation or whatever and then like little pieces of it will stick and i'll like put that in yeah, my like, yeah, folder yeah. of tools of from, new like, information where i'm like cool like yeah i love this about like yeah. fear and worrying and control and like i'm gonna like just keep replaying that stuff in my head and so um yeah it was this really quick like complete life change and then meanwhile my wife quit her job, obviously, because it was like, well, we're going to be going to the hospital almost every day, essentially, for the yeah. next eight months. This, the first six to eight months of this kind of leukemia treatment is the most intense. And then you get into maintenance mode. That lasts for another two years, at least, because he's a boy. Boys yeah. have to go through long, whatever. But that's like you're only at the... Like, at this point, we're only going to Dartmouth about once or twice you were going like every three weeks and it varies like once one time every three weeks or, Oh, okay. We're going to go four days in a row. And then we have a month off. There's big breaks yeah. in between going up there, which is very different than like March where you're there every day, right? Five days on two days off, five days on two days. And it just gets, you're like in this, like what the fuck is going on world. But in the early days of this, you know, you're starting to like, you can like pull your head out of water a little bit and look around and be like, okay, Ellie just quit her job. Like we have a mortgage. Like I need to go to back to work kind of. <laughs> yeah. And somebody from my high school that I don't really know that well got in contact with us and was like, we want to set up a GoFundMe. And I was just like, initially I was like, no, like fuck no. Like we're not doing like very, like really not comfortable with asking for help. Yeah. But also, like, dude, I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I let, very nice of you to say that, but that's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And my parents were like, are you crazy? Like, yeah. people want to help. Yeah. Who knows when she's going back to work? Like, let it come to you. Like, someone else explained to me early on when I was, like, really, res like, pushing back on people helping. It just felt weird. It just felt... I don't know. It was an uncomfortable thing to, like, open yourself up to, like, hey, we need help. Now I am much more accepting but someone was like hey like let it come to you right now like you need this and then like pay it back in different ways in the rest of your life but just like accept it right now and like don't be a weirdo about it essentially i was like okay fair so yeah my sister set one up um she essentially quit her job sort of prematurely in Chicago and like drove here and stayed with us for most of the summer. And she did the same thing in the middle of the winter. Like it's totally changed. I think our relationship for the better. I hope she'll feel, she feels the same way. She probably yeah. does. Um, 
And so, right, people want to help. Like, right, it's a fucking kid with cancer. It's insane. Um, yeah. Even if you don't have whatever, like the within the first few days, like this feels weird to say, but like we would be sitting in the <laughs> clinic room when he's still so he's still admitted, and like I'd be like, Ellie, have you seen this like GoFundMe? Like, like look who just donated. Like, I haven't. I saw this yeah. person like once in Europe on a traveling circus yeah, trip. Yeah. I, I don't even like. I haven't talked to this person in like 10 years or, you know, it was just yeah. like scrolling through and seeing these names from the ski community. It was, it was like, it was like gibberish. Like, yeah. it was like those dudes. Like, I don't even know. Like, that's a mate. Like, it was just this like really unexpected yeah. thing. And you know, I mean, like I remember seeing something from like really close friends and just like fully, like I fucking cry a lot now, but I remember yeah. being like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, it was just really heartwarming. And like, especially during a time when like everybody's so distant and like, yeah, the ski community's response was so profound and widespread and not expected at all. And, and just like very cool. And, and, you know, even phone calls with like Will and Andy, like having like, I don't, you know, like hearing Andy get like emotional, like on the phone. And it yeah. was just like this really, I've, con- I've called this recently, I've called this like a weird gift, mm. this whole experience where you just, ex- I don't know, just like taking in the very best of people. I don't know, especially in a time when it was like, Everybody was so, there was a lot of anger, rightfully so, but just, it was just a really weird outside world. And then, like, seeing the ski community response was um, super cool. I, I don't know how else to say. It was just like a holy shit. It was amazing. Shit. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, yeah, even like Allie would like, you know, like she'd be like, "Who are these people?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Donating you this, like, and I'm like, "Oh, I recognize that name from like a yoke invoice, yeah, or yeah. like, oh, that was a person who like let us sleep on their couch in Minnesota, or like they like drove us around like New Zealand. They're like, you know, it was just this like very much a um, I don't know. It was there was this like community response for Soren that I thought was, you know, this was, it, it was like so like humbling and just like, holy shit. And so now, oh, and then there was the auction. Yeah. They auctioned, like Jason was epic and the dudes at line that like don't really even know me because Josh wasn't in there, you know, like, yeah. um, yeah, it was just, it's just crazy to, take in that kind of love from people that you don't know or that you've met once like skiing or whatever it was yeah and and especially when sometimes you are like oh crap like how are we gonna like pay for some of these things or like i mean the amount of money i spent or organic berries in the past year like is <laughs> probably a small fortune because yeah he'll go through moods <clears throat> and like um the flavor of the month is like blueberries. So I'm going to like buy like the dankest blueberries I can yeah, buy. Cause ones. like, dude, I'm like, remember we, I, I, we came at this at like 
I'm going to attack this from all ends. Like, I got a quick lesson in Western medicine and when it's important to use it. And yeah, this is it, right? Like there's shit going on in our world that is not supposed to be here. And the thing with leukemia and maybe even a lot of cancers, I don't know. I remember in the beginning being like, how does this happen? And, and the, the response was sort of like, we don't really know because the money isn't spent to research the cause. It's spent to figure out the f- fix. Right. Yeah. So like, it, it was a thing where, like, all right, we're going to come at this from every angle. We're going to go with, you know, <laughs> the best, not the best, the worst, <laughs> unsolicited <laughs> medical advice from, like, random people on the internet. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I can't even <laughs> I'm imagine. Like, yo, dude, like, um, I know somebody, like, that, like, cured their, like, cancer with, like, fucking CBD or, like... Or like, dude, my dog had blood cancer, and like we've been doing this like natural path. Or like, yo, you should just like just feed him fruit. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not even gonna engage this shit. I hope they're coming. I believe mostly they're coming yeah. from a good intention yeah. place, and they just don't have kids. People and don't are just get dumb. That, like, they just how don't get inappropriate it. that yeah, is. Yeah, how I like, can't yo, even fuck imagine off with your fucking dog or dude, your fucking CBD. It's like, yo, this is a two-year-old. Like, yeah. What I'm going to you... go with what the numbers say they have, like, they have the experience. Like, if I get leukemia when I'm 85, like, you yeah, fuck it. I might not do, like, yeah. chemo because <laughs> yeah. I'm 85, and it's going to be way harder and shittier for me. But, like, yeah. he's two. They've done this. Yeah. So point being, we'll do the chemo, but I'm also going to, like, make sure he's eating. Yeah. You know, feed your body awesome stuff. And, and we're going to visualize what it looks like for love to come out of me and go into him. And and I'm going to make sure that fucking Compton is on the singing bowls. Yeah. And I'm going to, like, make sure that, like, you know, the right people are sending vibes and energy. Like, it was just, like, I'll come at this from every angle. But, like, chemo, it, it just, I, I think at one point I was like, do you get a second opinion? Like, to the, yeah. and they were like, uh, you can. I was like, well, in movies and shit, like people get second opinions. And a family friend was like, yo, this is Dartmouth. Like people are, and then finding out like people are driving. Oh yeah. There Dartmouth are other is... families in that clinic, you know, with kids with cancer that don't live an hour and a half away and like are much further away driving there. And I cannot even imagine what that's like. And there are kids in that clinic that walk in and don't look like they're having as much fun as Soren. Like, yeah. you know, like there are definitely periods where he was down and out and just fucked up. But there are also times where we'd be running through the waiting room and he's like super bubbly. And I'm like, yo, you got to like tone it down. Yeah. These people all have cancer. You do That's too. amazing. Let's that pretend like yeah. it's kind of hard for you. Maybe yeah. like, cause we look kind of crazy right now. Yeah. Like we're having too much fun. Um, and I think, even for the, you know, you'd walk through this waiting room and it's big and it's quiet and people are spaced out and it's, you know, predominantly elderly people and they look really freaking sad and they look scared. Um, some, not all of them, but some of them you catch and it's like, this person is not having a great day. And then like, I don't know, Soren... I think everybody says this about their kids. And also everybody says, everybody says this about their kids, but yeah. my kids are sick. Like, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, dude, he like, he has his ups and downs, but like he can power through some stuff. And 
I'm sure when he's older, he's going to be fucking so sick of me talking about this. And just like... <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> like, dude, leave me alone about the cancer shit. Like, I know someone... I filmed a video in Utah of this girl who had a heart transplant when she was like eight. And I will... I don't think it's creepy. I research her. I look her up on the internet every now and then because I think no, about her a lot. Yeah. And I've seen... She's like a writer, and I've seen things where she's like, "I'm so sick of talking about my fucking heart transplant." Yeah. <laughs> like, but she was also older. But like, he's not gonna remember any of this. And Tegan, who's five, probably won't either. And so that's why I started filming it in the beginning, mostly for me because it helped me like sort of process a lot of it. But I was like, "Dude, this is important for you to see. Like, you need to see Dude, like uh, yeah. people doing shit for you, and you need to see what this looked like because." It's going to be part of your story. And whether you use this excuse, not an excuse, whether you use this experience to like become a doctor or whatever, and you want to like help people because you did this, or whether you use it to just fucking get laid because it makes you cooler. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah, care. Yeah, it's up yeah. to you, but like, you need to know what this looked like. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that video that you put out. Like I have Thank watched you. it five times, dude. And I was like, bummed there wasn't skiing footage. I, dude, but <laughs> I tried. So... His legs though were just like, oh my god, dude, his legs the... weren't like strong enough. It... And... <laughs> Tegan dragging him when he's in the cart is the yeah. like, dude, it's the most heart wrenching thing ever. Like you're just like, oh, and she's just like, and she's narrating, and she's like, yeah, his legs stopped working because of all the <laughs> stuff they gave him, and. It's just it. And you asked her, like, are you going to remember this when you're older? And she's like, I think so. Yeah. Like, the, and that... it's just, dude, that whole thing, I've never, I mean, obviously you're professional. You do this, right? Like, you have a job. In film, but, like. Well, this one was different. It was different reasons, for so yeah. many reasons. But, I mean, the quality of it, like, it, Thanks, I, it was so, so amazing. It captured everything so well. And it makes people like really feel some shit. Like the whole thing, it is storytelling so well. Like I mean, Thanks. seriously, dude. Like yeah. it was. I like, mean, it's like a hard. Thing I, that's to fuck a thing. up, he, kind of, because he's well, like a beautiful kid. Tegan's awesome. No, dude, you you. But yeah. I, it felt like important to me, to, especially because like my parents, like you know, I, I think in a normal world, like yeah, like grandma, grandpa probably would come in to the hospital for some of these things, probably, and like see some of this stuff. Right. But like, and then. Circling back to the ski community response, like people were so generous and like genuine about wanting to help that I felt like, hey, I want to show you like this is why you're, you know, whatever you did to help, whether it was a dollar or fucking eight grand, like, or, or just like, you know, I had a friend who would drive down from Sugarbush and just like mow our lawn unannounced. And I'd be like, you know, I get a text like Ace is here mowing the lawn. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's like a two and a half hour drive just to fucking mow my lawn. Or like, um, like this, you know, like you like said, like, hey, does he need skis? Like, I'm gonna send you skis. Like, yeah. th there was just like so much, yes. yeah. like, hey, I, let me know what I can do. And I think people I felt just like, hey, help, I want to put man. this out like, so people know, like, hey, <clears throat> this is what it looks like, and this is like this is what we are all like collectively as a group, like, like, you know, rallying for around him. And, and so it was like, um, sort of like a proof of purchase or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, like, I think that's amazing. Like, hey man, like, Dude. thank you for your help. This is why it was worth it. I hope 
or this is what it went toward. There we go. This is what it was going. But you towards. don't have to do that, by the way. Like people actually just want to help for also no like reason other than like total processing thing for me too. Right. Like, I'm I would, sure. I worked I'm in sure. that video kind of a lot, and I have so much footage and like. Um. Eventually, I was just like, ah, fuck it. I'm just gonna be done with this. It got kind of like, and he, oh, you know what? The other thing with skiing too, like, so many of my ski connections help me with pieces of that. Like, I am not a great animator, mm-hmm. so I went to Sammy Ortlieb, who I haven't seen in, I probably haven't seen him in person in like four years, maybe. Like, yeah, he was one of my favorite people to film with, and and I really enjoyed him as a person. And I was like, hey, dude, like will you help me animate this like illustration I made of Soren? And he was like, sure. And, and that was crazy. It was Jeff Constam did a song for me. Um, Liam Downey helped me write some of the voiceover stuff. Um, (laughs) Another friend I know from skiing helped me write some stuff. Um, One of the bands we I, I got help making some of the music, but then the last song is from a band that I would use in traveling circus videos a ton. And I messaged the dude and, and explained, and he actually just had lymphoma himself. And it, it, there was just like all of these like ski connections. Um, there was times when I was like, hey, I should probably film like me and Soren on the bike. And like Chris Dijon came and filmed me for an Did hour. he really? Yeah, oh, that's he, was, awesome. he like sat in the back of the element and um, filmed us. And I think he's probably like, what is this for? And like, or like um, when Ian made that paddle, oh, Devin yeah. Bernard, who's a snowboard filmer that I know, like he, he filmed, it was just, there was all these like ski connections that helped with different pieces of it. And I'm probably forgetting people, but um, yeah, that, that it was kind of cool to, not kind of cool. It was very cool to sort of like include some of those relationships in that way. But yeah, I worked on it uh, kind of a lot. Like pretty much like every night they'd like go to bed and, and I would like, it was like my idle time filler of just like figuring out how it all worked together. And then as soon as I was done with it and like I put it out into the world now, like I don't have it was almost like a like all of the adrenaline wore off from the past year and um and kind of like a crazy way and so now i like need something else to do uh <laughs> in a bad bad way like and what's become really important to me is thinking about taking all of that help in right and putting it back out into the world in different ways whether that's finding out that Hey, there's a family that's an hour away that has a you know somebody with a brain tumor. Like, cool. Like, wh- what can I do? I, but also, like, this contributing to the ski community has become important to me now, right? Like, not that I think people are like, fuck, we need another like <laughs> stupid yoke video or whatever. But like, right? Um, I want to I want to keep contributing to skiing in my way or whatever, like doing what I can as part of like, this sounds sort of corny sometimes when I think about this, but like part of me wants to keep working or putting stuff out in the ski world as sort of like a, hey, this was really cool. Thank you for everybody for helping when no one, you know. Well, it's gotta make you feel so loved too. Like it's gotta make you feel so connected 
the people that you don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, are it, it is out. definitely. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I was a little insecure about it in the beginning, but about which part? About just it. being like, I need help. We need help. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I'm I'm like bad at asking for help for things like, too. Yeah, super weird, but it, it's so it's coming back around. It, it's made me feel like I want to keep contributing to skiing, right? Like yeah, um, in a way that I didn't feel like you know before that yeah <laughs> kind of um so i was able to do some stuff for powder which was like a you know full like life goal like and i was fully like are you guys sure like i'm not a real dude like <laughs> like you know i, I think i i kind of tried to talk my way out of it i was like i don't think you really want and he's like no just like draw whatever you want and i was like I don't really draw skiing shit. I kind of just did this as like a quarantine project for fun. I don't even have like real like a scanner that's like yeah. current. Like I was like, hey. he's like, yeah, man. Like I was like, I don't do this on a computer. It's all like pretty analog, and I'm sure I'm doing a lot of stuff wrong technically, or not as efficient as it could be. So like, you know, having my dumb shit in the last issues of this like iconic magazine, the iconic magazine, was huge, and I whatever i was like dude i'll do this for free you don't have to fucking pay me like yeah. please don't pay me yeah because i and i even explained to him like i want to feel like i'm doing stuff for skiing and he was like no man like we're hi hyper corporate we fucking have to pay you yeah yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, like i'd yeah. love to not you know or he was like it's not important to me but it's important to the lawyers like we have to pay you. yeah 100 percent. like all right whatever um so yeah i don't know it, it might not be making a video I, like i have ideas for projects that i think would be fun to film what, you know coming back around full circle i want to find ways to keep pushing out my whatever into skiing as much as i can as sort of a roundabout thank you or a weird way to say thank you to the you know thousands of people or whatever it was i know it was i think it was over a thousand i don't know the total number of folks that have helped out it's countless right like you know, and, and even just recently, like, Dan Brown raised money by yeah. selling these dope prints, and he sent me one of Will and Andy, and it is from the first time, it's definitely the first time I met Dan. It's from, we were, we were filming for, I think, Wanderland for the Meatheads, and we were skiing on this playground in Burlington. It was on Valentine's Day. Allie was there <laughs> because we were on, like, a Valentine's Day ski trip with her friends in Bolton Valley. And I remember being like, hey, like, Will and Andy want to film on this thing. Like, you can either come or, like, what do you want to yeah, do? And yeah. she's like, yeah, I'll come. Like, she's always been very, like, sure. So she just, like, sat in this fucking playground in the middle of the winter on, in February, like, on, like, some gray-ass day and, like, watched me and Will and Andy, like, <laughs> fucking ski around. And, like, so he sent me that picture recently and, like, I got, like, full, like, all, like, warm fuzzy. And it's like, this is fucking awesome uh and i don't think i would have felt that way like a year ago if i got that photo yeah. you know but like just knowing yeah just <clears throat> feeling that genuine care um and and just concern and whatever like was really cool and it changed my relationship with a lot of ski friends right like like ian and i have a much different relationship now than we did a year ago just because we've talked about like gnarly deep spiritual shit yeah and this is like a dude i met like at mount snow early season like wearing crazy tall tees and you know you just don't expect right. obviously you don't expect it but 
seeing your ski friends become these like really important pieces of your life. At one point, someone asked me years ago, like, do you have friends that like aren't your ski friends? Yeah. I think it was John Hartman. Do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember him at one point being like, do you have friends that like aren't skied yeah. people? And I was like, no, <laughs> I yeah. kind of don't. Um, they're it's, just like the only friends I have. It's also, it's a baseline for connection. Right. You know? There's always that moment when you meet someone skiing, right? right? Goggles on, all their stuff. Then like you see them in the lodge or wherever, you see them in an environment with less equipment on. You're like, yeah. oh, that's what that person looks like. Or, oh, yeah. they have this, whatever kind of, this is what their yeah. hair, you know. And then you like go somewhere, like you break the like, cool, come to my house. Like I remember that progression of like meeting ski friends and like then they like, transfer over into your summer life and yeah, then like, yeah, yeah. like oh and now we're like normal like we're actual friends yeah and so yeah, that's that's like you know exponentially different now like going through this with soren with um some of my like closest ski friends and ian is for sure like at the top of the list um yeah I mean, he has like a special connection with Soren because they have the same middle name. Because I thought that would be funny, pretty much. Yeah, essentially is what it came down to. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it's been an interesting year of. This is the box of things you thought were important in your life. Pretty much taking everything out of that. Yeah. Right. Like, like there is so much stuff that's not important. Learning about. Um, fear and and control and 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 obviously fucking cancer. Like I had never had an intimate relationship with someone going through cancer like this. Like I haven't been involved in any sort of like that kind of a level. Yeah. Obviously, but like even like when my grand, you know, I've had grandparents die from cancer, but I was like living in Utah. Like I wasn't You're really kind of around. Disconnected yeah, I wasn't around for the process and like how much of a yeah. fucking process it is and how how it ripples through. Um, people's lives and and how it can change stuff and it's yeah it, it's uh I, I've Googled the way I'm feeling now and I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have like PTSD from this. <laughs> wait a minute! <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! You've Googled the way that you're feeling. You were like, kind I of. feel like this, and yeah, you were like, What does this mean? Like Siri. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is how I That's feel. That's amazing. Today. I never even thought about. No, doing not that. to Siri, but I've googled like. I've done videos for, mental health services. Yeah. Specifically for like dudes who've or and women and men who have responded to fucking mass shootings or like right. had saw some awful shit as a firefighter. Okay. Got treatment for PTSD, like, and how important it was. For them, right. right. So like saying that out loud to me feels kind of in, sort of silly because it's like I didn't do like some like. You know, I wasn't right. at this like horrific event. In a sense, I, you know, so sort of sounds like over. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think well, so. Well, no, I know it's definitely not. But there is like the googling of like, dude, I don't know, and then like, oh no, like yes, 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 yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. wow, cool. I'm checking every box. This makes a lot of sense. Um, and so, yeah, now that we're sort of slowing down the intensity right like that's what you do with leukemia that you go in or at least that's how it's been for soren like they fucking gut punch you in the beginning like we're gonna like wreck your immune system yeah we're gonna fucking go in there and like slaughter we're gonna wipe out everything 
and for good or for bad, that's how the chemo works. Like, they can't, when chemo and these kind of steroids go in your blood, like, they're just looking for shit that's rapidly multiplying. Like, yeah. And they're just like, they're just you know, like shots fired at anything that moves kind of deal. And so that's why your hair falls out because the cells right. in your hair rapidly produce. Yeah. So they're, they're not smart enough to know like friend or foe cell. They yeah. just kind of wipe out all these certain kinds of cells. Um, disclaimer, I don't totally know what I'm talking about. And so <laughs> they go in in the beginning and that first six months is just like, we're going to fuck. We're fucking going to town here essentially yeah. on your body. Yeah. He's been cancer-free since August. You're technically in remission after, like, a month of treatment because there's no more... The cancer isn't around anymore, but through their research and experience and with the success stories, you have to, like, keep it moving for a long time. You you can't pull off the gas right away because the cancer could come back and then it's harder to get rid of again. You kind of get, like, this one shot to go, like, hell's bells and then, like, slowly turn the heat down. So now we're like slowly starting to turn the heat down where like he sort of has an Im- normal air quote immune system right now, kind of. Um, whereas like in March, it was zero. Like yeah. you, don't, you don't have an immune system. There's a number you can gauge what your immune system's at. Like his was essentially zero for a little while. And that was really fucking scary because that, that that's how shit can get complicated really fast. Like you get a tiny infection, but you don't have an immune system. Mm-hmm. You're hospitalized. And during you're a pandemic, I didn't even, yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah there's the COVID element of this too. Fuck. Oh, dude, like I, I, I got crazy. So Cole and I would be out pow surfing. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, mask on. Yeah. And like, yo, dude, I'm going to go first. Like I'm going to, I'm going to set the path. I'm going to set the track up this. Yeah. And I am going to probably verbally say to him, kind of stay away from me, but yeah. also like I'm going to hike faster than shit so I know <laughs> that I'm like 60 feet away. So to him, I probably look insane. Like, yo, I went out with Shane and he was like sprinting uphill. Yeah. Like I could not keep up with him because I'm like, yo, I want to be like really far away from you the whole time. Or like I would see somebody I distinctly remember being in the Dovertown forest and some skier came flying around the corner and like was like, Hey, like, where do I go? Kind of a deal. Like, he was from New York because yeah. I remember seeing the car in the parking lot. Um, I kind of was like, yeah, you know, you go down here and you'll catch this cat track or it's like a snowmobile yeah. trail. Take that. But like, and then like for the next two days being like, how far away was I from that dude? Yeah. Like, and like, yeah. I don't know, like 15 feet. Is that cool? Like you just didn't know there wasn't the information yeah. like there is now. So there was me convincing myself I had it constantly, and I have bad allergies. So yeah. all summer last every summer, time I'm you like, have a sniffle, you're oh like, "This is it, it's like, over." Yeah, yeah. Like, oh god. Like I get excited when my eyes get itchy. I'm like, yeah. "All right, sick. This is allergies. <laughs> Great." Like the people at BMH, the like where the COVID testing was, like got to know me because I was there so much. Like they'd be like, really? "You're back." <laughs> I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> like, how's he doing? Like, he's good. <laughs> It got like, yeah, I got real intimate with the COVID testing people. And like, yeah, I got like definitely wigged out about getting him sick. We were real serious about people coming to the house and still sort of are. Yeah. Um, just just not knowing and then just being like, you know, it's just not worth it. Like he's had such a. 
I don't know if there's this. I hope that they look at the data and be like, wow, look at all these kids that went through this treatment during a quarantine, like in yeah. terms of infection and whatever. Like, yeah, it 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 was this. It was been it's been a weird gift of there was me before all this and there's me after this and I think I will be a way different person probably for the rest of my life because of this like just um just a way different just seeing shit I guess I don't know yeah sometimes I feel like an unfair analogy is like dude how do people feel like when they come back from fucking war you know like totally like Yes, obviously very different. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I can't imagine, like, being in a war and then suddenly fucking, like... Not? Yeah, and being in, like, sub, you know, wherever, and, like, people are, like, freaking out in traffic, and you just want to yell at people sometimes and be like, dude, this is not important. Yeah. Like, oh. like this, or, like, yeah. I've wanted to... It's this weird thing, too, where I, like, have to talk about this. I think it's weird if people don't ask me about this. I think I think it's uncomfortable, for sure, for some, I can like gauge like, oh, this person like isn't sure if they, if I, they, like I know you know, yeah, but you haven't asked me like, right, hey, what's up with Soren or like, right. like I think it, it's almost weirder. It's like, let's no, get it out of the way, like, yeah, like yeah, I'm, and, or they're it. like, can you, uh, is it okay if I ask? And I'm like, fucking please ask. Like this is all I think about all day. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, of course ask. I think about this constantly. Uh, yeah, people have different reactions to that stuff though because like. You know, they just don't it know can be to, really uncomfortable you just don't know. and it, also i think you're handling it like and i'm seeing this year later version of you which i think well, is really think important to mention arguably like, is worse now <laughs> you think so i can turn it on and be like yeah. totally fine and then i'll have you know two days ago like i'm a complete mess for hours and i don't know why and and i'm like yeah i'm no but i mean talking to you about it it's like you're introspective enough to have a conversation about it and to be like these are my feelings and you're going out of your way to try to talk about it being proactive and trying not to let this like grow as a problem yeah right like so i'm like like seeking out the whatever professional help that's like probably necessary but i'm also like exercising a lot like i run a lot now yeah i mean i've always you look like you're in good shape runner thank you (laughs) (laughs) like yeah i've been running i've been running a shit ton i mean i ran all winter i've always sort of ran but I pretty much run like every day. I've been skating a bunch and I like eat super clean. I don't drink. I had a glass of wine last week and I felt like shit afterwards. Um, I like hardly, I drink maybe once a year. Like, yeah. Um, I do like edible marijuana yeah. to sleep at night because I do not sleep well anymore. I yeah. mean, uh, I can see how this could really tear through a family and tear through a personal life in just hellish ways. Like, it has all of the, <laughs> like, right growing conditions for fucking real problems. Whether, yeah. you know, if you have a, if you have a, fortunately, I don't have a problem with alcohol. Like, I could see if I was, like, oh, totally. Dude, this could get yeah. real bad in a bunch of peripheral ways. And that's the other, like, crazy component of this. Like, these oncologists are so amazing at this one hyper-specific thing, right? Like, they can go in and treat the cancer, but, like, there is this, like, universe of other shit that happens because of a cancer diagnosis, especially for a kid and a family, that, like, they don't... It's not their it's not their zone, right? Like... Yeah. Like, 
Um, and I think there, you know, there are support services for sure as part of the system, but they're part of the system. And I think they only exist for, you know, there's probably 30 kids in that pediatric unit right now. Like none of them had the ski community support, right? Like, yeah. like, dude, I've seen GoFundMes for other similar yeah. things. And like there, it's just, yeah, there was this amazing ski community outreach. You know, I have an incredible family that like for all intents and purposes, like put aside a lot of their own things or, you know, like, it was all hands on deck. Um, so, like, the support systems for these things, you know, we I don't think we were on the radar as, like, a yeah. Davis family, like, really needs some help, which is fine. Like, help the people that really do. I get that. But, yeah, there are pieces of this where it's like, dude, you guys need a fucking handbook for, like, a lot of this shit. Yeah. Um, or something. And so that's even, like, a pay it forward idea of, like, dude, do we start, like, I mean, these things do exist for sure, but, like, I would like to contribute in a way, right? Like, some sort of nonprofit or some sort of, like, thing where it's like, hey, your kid was just diagnosed with this. Here are a bunch of things that, like, could be really helpful to know or resources and do it in a way, like, the problem is, for me, just whatever, being weird, like, the branding of a lot of that stuff is so fucking bad. Or I'm like, yeah. I'm not, like, and even look at this pamphlet because it looks like, yeah, you know, it, it just doesn't have to be terrible like that, and yeah. that's so not important. But for some reason, um, I remember thinking that early on, like, "Geez, why? This is a cool organization. Why is their logo so bad?" <laughs> or like, they don't yeah. have a video. Like, what the fuck? So like, seeing those windows of like, ooh, maybe I could get, I don't know, involved in this kind of stuff. You know, the other thing, man, this is a rambling one for you, Adam. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Dude, this is... I'm sorry. No, this is amazing. This is... Yeah. When I made that video, I... You know, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm, it's my family. It's like the most personal thing I've ever put out in the world. Yeah. You know, the most. And it's real and whatever. It's raw as shit. But I, like, sent it out to some cancer stuff. I got, like, real into the, like, I'm going to follow all these cancer things on Instagram. And, like... I don't really follow stuff on Instagram only because like I try not to be on it so much. So my yeah. theory in theory, I was like, well, if I don't follow a lot yeah. of stuff, yeah. I won't be on it as much. And then you look like one of those cool guys that doesn't care about anything, which isn't true at all. Um, yeah. You have, yeah. You're not following anybody, but everybody follows you. Yeah. I was fully like, I just won't follow anything. And then like, I won't be on it a lot. Um, <laughs> and that didn't work. But like, I saw, so I stand out some cancer stuff and like, either was like got no response or the response was this like real copy and pasty and i just was like man i don't know if i want to be in this like world of like corporate cancer stuff and that's not yeah but the one person i befriended on the internet this young woman who lives in montana she's a skier she commented on something i don't know i don't remember if it was new schoolers or an instagram thing it's probably instagram she commented on like a line traveling circus thing or a line somewhere was like, Hey, I'm a fellow like leukemia survivor or something, something. And I clicked on it, clicked on her profile and she like does tons of illustrations. She's super into like biking. And I just like, I, so I started following her and like started messaging. You know, I've talked to her a few times just through like DMS and like she had a much more aggressive leukemia than Soren has. And now she's like a, 
<clears throat> year or two out of treatment. She just rode her bike like down the Pacific Northwest coast. She's like a total, total badass. She's in her mid twenties. What's her name? Her name is Kristen. I can't remember her last name. It's like, I want to say it starts with a V. Okay. Um, but she does these cool illustrations. She's a skier. She's a biker. And she had this shit in a much different way at a much different point of her life. But like talking to her just through DMs, like, you know, it was really nice to like speak the same language and like, like, oh, you know how some of this she, I mean, hers was from my, you know, peripheral view, like way more complicated than Soren's. Like Mm -hmm. she had a full stem cell trans. It was like a fully, you know, way more complicated process. Um, but it was again like another ski connection in the cancer world and i've seen like skiers that are like oncologists or nurses post things like oh i just got you know someone posted on that video and new schoolers like i just got off a shift and watched it like this is like that's yeah that's very cool yeah and if if people haven't seen that video like it's 100 percent worth the time to watch because it's so even if you give a shit about nothing in the world, it's like the way the story is told and the way it's like you kind of put your family out there too. And you're like, this is what we're going through. And it, it's also kind of through your daughter's eyes in a little, in a bit of it yeah. too. And you're like, I struggled with how to narrate it. I was she like, was she great. She and was, I was amazing. Like, oh, it's just like, going to be Tegan. I'll just film Tegan talking. She killed it. Like, so it, I would I've, just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would sit her yeah. down and just record her. That was amazing. And like with a little Everything bit was of perfect. Like Even your cat, dude. Prompting. Like, oh, dude. Oh, he's definitely not perfect. He's not perfect, but the like the mouse being in his mouth and like the little video of that and like I don't know, dude. Like everything in that video is so vivid, and you remember Thanks. the bits of it. And I think that's what makes it so special. Is that somebody that's watching, and even like Ali crying, cutting Soren's hair, like or like like I mean, mm-hmm. it's like I can play the whole video back in my head. You can't do that very often, you know? Like, and that's how you know something is like that. You know what I'll say at a completely unimportant point about this video? (laughs) Fucking in all of the ski videos I've made, in all of them, I've never gotten a Vimeo staff pick. And I'll watch (laughs) other videos on Vimeo that get, like ski videos that get staff picks. I'm always like, God damn it. And it's so dumb and it doesn't matter. And I know this is just vain or whatever. Like this is pure vanity and like ego ass kissing. And I was like, yo, I probably even said it to Ian at one point. I was like, I'm going to fucking get that staff pick with this video. (laughs) Like I know it's happening. (laughs) And it didn't. And I was like, God damn it. What do I have to do? Like, do I need to like, should I like put him on a fucking triangle house, like in the woods and like use like more yellow font or something? I was like, really (laughs) and then like quickly it was like dude look at my box of what's important that's obviously not important and it doesn't matter and like who cares but i was like yeah man i'm gonna get them now like it's happening (laughs) and like that video is 100 percent, you know like for me like i didn't uh, it's so not important but i never got one through skiing yeah my guess is just because the traveling circus videos were just like I was like too niche of niche. I was like, yeah, I was like yeah, fully yeah. like. It's like the guys in a niche. Yeah, sport like, are, yeah. Like, well, and then I'm sure parts maybe because I was like barging songs for the yoke ones or something, and so they didn't want to like be too. I, I don't really know. I thought the Ian Puppet would get one. That one was good. <laughs> I was like, God damn it! What do yeah. I gotta do here to get one of these? So this next video, I think we'll get. One. You think so? I have an idea. It would be very different than what I've done before. Like, 
not going out and just filming an edit or like like it that's just not interesting and also not realistic for my life but i have this i have this like vague idea for a story so this would be fictional which i know is sort of dangerous because that could go bad really quickly right like yeah i feel like whenever ski stuff tries to do acting it's always like really fast it turns into like a chase scene with like weird like military yeah. vibes you yeah know, or yeah i'm like but i have this idea for a story as i've watched sort of the veil take over and how climate change is changing skiing like it occurred to me in those power surfing days, like, dude, my kids might not be able to experience this for a bunch of reasons. And like thinking of all of the things skiing has brought me, whether it's my friends and my like profession and all of my interests essentially, and like the world travel I've been privileged to do. And, and then circling around a Soren, the fucking support for my family when one of my kids gets cancer, like skiing has like done so much and the fact that my kids might, might not be able to experience this because a it's either not going to snow or b it's going to be for the ultra rich and it just won't be attainable like there are a bunch of factors right where it's like damn dude this might not happen being a fan of sci-fi and just weird stuff i read this book i'll have to give it to you before you leave it's a book it's a f- it's a fiction book. It was written by someone in central Vermont. It's about like thousands of years in the post-apocalypse future. There are these mountain bike clans that mm-hmm. remain. Okay. And when I saw it, someone said to me, I was like, dude, I don't think I'm going to like this. And I read it at the clinic one day just out of boredom. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. And it's this weird story about these mountain bike clans that are around in this post-apocalyptic Vermont. And they're like, the climate's totally different. Um, it's sort of like a Mad Max slash like Lord of the Rings, but with mountain bikes. Wow. It sounds really weird. Like, dude, I'm super into this. See, I I was like, I'm going to hate this and I loved it. Yeah. And so between reading that book and then I started reading a few other fiction books, which is not really in my character. I don't know. I just started like developing this like soft snowball idea of a story relating to this like corporate takeover of skiing and controlling the weather and snow. And I was there's just like the beginnings of an idea for this like short film that is skiing based, but also like a narrative and it would require doing it the right way for it to not be stupid. Yeah. Like you know, like when there's like a solar eclipse, there's like a second where you can like see it. Like, yeah. there's a real th- razor thin window of like that's the right way to do this and have it not be kooky. Um, so I'm just like trying to figure out like where exactly that window is and um, trying to like rope other ski people who are writers into helping me with the story, um, and then obviously figuring out how to fund it. Um, probably through like a non-skiing source like hey we want to make this short film you know something that's like eight minutes long that would you know cost a little bit of money to make and but i think could be cool and different than what i've done previously so if anybody wants to pay for this movie that i want to make with a a short film i hate when people (laughs) say that i made a short film uh Yes, please get a hold of me because I need a bunch of money. (laughs) But like, there was all these things in like the past month where I was like, "Ooh, this is super cool! Like, this could be like 
you know, these are the good guys, and then these are the bad guys, and then, like, there's, like, a person that has to, like, infiltrate, the, you know, so, I don't know. The, I have ideas for skiing things I want to make in the future. Do you... To pay it forward. Do you find inspiration still from like other people's ski stuff like i guess that's one of the things i wonder about a lot is like when you're in the industry for a while and you're doing things that are creative do you find other people's work to be inspiring to you like is is there someone in particular are there things that you're like oh this is this is really totally this yeah. makes me feel something yeah i mean i i will watch you know, like, well, Parker, like, watching Parker's nothing. That was amazing. Like, yeah. nothing was like, dude, I'm buying a amazing. fucking Pow Surfer. Like, <laughs> straight Oh, up. dude, I got a poster. I got, like, yeah, dude, I'm got, buying like, a Pow Surfer yeah, because dude. of that movie. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few songs in there that, like, Soren loves that we would listen to, like, some of that soundtrack, like, to and from Dartmouth, where he's, like, requesting it. He'll request, yeah. He'll, he would, would request to watch that video a lot, which was cool. Um, so, yeah, like, th- no, for sure him. I mean, Will, like, and his little cabin that he has out in Utah at that school where he's, like, grind- like welding his own rails. And, like, um, he sent me, like, a preview of, like, his next video he's working on. And so, like, seeing that was really inspiring and part of this story idea I had where I was, like, whoa, like, I could see you, like, being this kind of a character in the story and like, yeah, we'll have to be delicate with giving ski act, you know, skiers acting roles, figuring out how to do it the right way. I think, but there's a way, um, just pretty much don't give him any dialogue, which would totally fit with Will's personality. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, like his stuff is really cool. I watch, you know, all of those, we were talking about this. I watched those real ski videos and, um, the, the dudes were kind of what I expected, right? I expected to be like, holy shit, I've never seen that trick before. Yeah. You kind of expect that, though. But when I watched Taylor's, who I've never met, I was like, damn, this was sick. I want to go skiing. I haven't yeah. felt that way in three months. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I don't know. I think it was because she did a bunch of lines, and I that's like, I can appreciate that for a lot of reasons. And I was like, this is cool. This one has like a vibe to it, and I like that. Um but most of my like air quote inspiration comes from outside of skiing stuff, which I think is important, right? Like, yeah, totally. You want to like pick and choose your the things you like, and then bring them into your own work. So you know the like generic answer is like I watch a bunch of skateboarding because like it's skateboarding. It's um yeah, just like random. You'll hear a song and you're like, dude, this would be fucking really sick video and i can like yeah there's this what is that um i'm trying to think of the name of the song i listen to a lot i'm like damn this would have been a cool video to make like four years ago but i'm like not in the zone to make this kind of video anymore it was like oki from muskogee it's a who's that fucking it's like a country western dude um you should play 10 seconds of the song right here. I'll send it to you. <laughs> send it to me, please. But I was like, dude, that would have been such a good song for a video like four years ago when I was making those kinds of videos. Um, that happens all the time, like constantly. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah. I think it's important that people do that, though, like, and bring stuff outside of skiing. I think that's when a lot of the best stuff Isn't comes. that that? There's a book called, like, The Best Artists Steal or something like that. I've There's, heard that before. Yeah, I've never like, read it either, yeah. but it's been, like, uh, spark notes to me of, like, isn't that? I think that's the whole concept behind that book is, like, you know, find pieces of things that inspire you and, like, sort of <clears throat> reshape them into, the, like, your own work. Um, I wonder why people don't do that enough. It feels like in this industry, everybody's so focused on what their competitor is doing, what their what their next closest peer is doing. I mean, I think by not... nature, like you know, there's like a like a, a working theory. I'm sure it could be made that like when you have a sport that's predominantly like <laughs> you know pretty wealthy people, you know, that are like predominantly like white, like they're like out of box thinking is probably like not as high per capita as like yeah something that's more easy to do like a skateboarding or a yeah. you know music or not easy to do but like easier to access like right like um that's i think that's got to be part of it yeah, you oh, know, for sure. and then there's there's tons of like weird gatekeeping and you know yeah. fucking race company i don't know yeah. <laughs> I think you know skiers by nature are not the most interesting people um more often than not I think I don't know if that's true I think some of the most I, interesting come people Come on dude <clears throat> Okay so like I will tell you the most interesting people in my life are certainly skiers but, so like, like all the people okay. in my life are skiers Yeah but, but like, I'm also like really picky about who I'm friends same, with Same and I guess that's maybe Say, that's like why I'm saying it like this, but like I don't know so many of them. So like, there in theory, there's got to be so many more that are cool and interesting, right? Like, and that have something going on. However, I will say, like, when I'm waiting in the lift line, I'm like, that I wouldn't want to be your friend. 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 You know, but at the same time, you just don't know. Yeah, where someone comes from, like, dude, I saw a dude duct tape his skis to his roof, like in the Corinthia parking lot this year like he didn't have a ski rack and but it was Amazing. like six of his buddies Amazing. in his Nissan Altima and he had his skis duct taped <laughs> like all of their skis duct taped to the roof so they could fit all of them in the car so they could go skiing like and again New York plates doesn't mean anything about where he comes from but like no, just somebody that wants to do that there's got to be something there right there's something uniting i guess like i don't know and maybe it's too romanticize that like because we're skiers like everything's cool but like your your situation right now is a prime example that like there are a shit ton of cool people that are skiers that are interesting and that that yeah, are part that of is this true. You know? like but when i think about the skiers that i would consider most quote unquote interesting or unique or like i don't know original like um they're fucking all from New England. <laughs> yeah, no, they're all from the East Most Coast or from the yeah. from the Midwest. Dude, I'm like, convinced everybody's yeah, from New England. there are people though, that like... have had to work for it, and people talk about this a lot. This isn't like a new thing, but yeah, it's people with different backgrounds, right? But if if everybody grew up in like you know Mountain Town, USA, on I seventy, like yeah, I don't know, it's like Clone Wars, dude. Yeah, it is pretty boring. And I also the, like. Uh, I remember Eric Olson yeah. used to say like. Um, if you look at a silhouette of somebody doing like a mute grab and you can't tell who it is, then like, what? it's, you know, it's, it's what that's it's just more fluff, way to right? Like it. you see a silhouette of Candide, you're like, that's fucking Candide. Um, you know, you see a silhouette of Henrik with or without the you hair, know? with or without the hair or the pant, you know, maybe regardless, you know, like, but that, that like general sentiment of like, you know, like, 
there, we used to say Clone Wars about like just like you be out west and it's just like fucking Clone Wars, dude. Everybody yeah. looks the same. They all, you know, uh, they're just oh, like hilarious. rapidly multiplying. Just and everybody's in terms aware of park of it. skiing, and I I don't know if it's true in like the big mountain world or it's whatever. It totally but. is, dude. Everybody's the same. Everybody, and apparently it's so true you don't hikers. actually have to work that hard to separate yourself <sighs> from the like. Yeah, I <laughs> guess know, that's like, true too. I, like, yeah, in dude. skiing, it's like kind of easy to be like, I don't know. You don't have to like reinvent the fucking wheel. Uh, skiing's already weird as it is, and then you get somebody who's weird and also skis. Like I feel like yeah, where I have like there's a there's a yoke group chat. It's like kind of a toxic environment. <laughs> <laughs> And like you know, the percent, like the majority of us are all like older-ish people, right? We're like thirty, you know, the average age. Well, there's some younger. Well, whatever. It's not a positive place, and most of the time, the worst of skiing gets reshared in there. It's like almost like a challenge to like outdo the like. Oh, you think that's bad? Look at what this person just did. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and so. Every once in a while, though, there's like a dude. Check this out. This is actually crazy and cool. Um, and it's I don't know why I brought that up, but it's always refreshing when it's like, oh, sweet, something good happened. Yeah. Um, or there's something to look forward to. Yeah. The last thing I kind of want to talk to you about is what. So like, it's still about Soren. It's still about the whole situation, and I want to know what we what's next because obviously this process isn't done like it's not over you're through the weeds a little bit it sounds like but you're not yep <clears throat> through it what what can i do what can people do that's kind of what i want to know beyond that like i know the gofundme at as of this recording is at like ninety three thousand dollars, and like that's insane and but i think we should do more for that and i know you are slightly <clears throat> uh resistant to that for no, some reason still I mean, but like what else can we do like we should think of something and we can talk about this off too but we should do something where people can get involved because i'm sure there's nobody that's going to hear this and watch the video and is going to go oh i don't want to support this little kid that is just and i mean you the thing is is like when you see soren you're like that dude needs my support like you're like that kid is so cute. He's so full of life. Like you want to see that thrive. I think in in the world, even not. And I think that's part of the reason you're getting people from all over the place too, is because they're like, dude, this like you feel it right away. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know there are so much different. There are so many different like crowdfunding things. I feel like you see it a lot where it's a GoFundMe and oftentimes they are for someone who's having like a health problem, right? Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately there's so many, you know, money elements to that. Um, uh, it's changed the way I read those campaigns when I see a link for something. Yeah. Engage and, and, and or in, choose to engage in a campaign like that. Like, I have a really hard time not at least donating 20 bucks to something that is and anything pediatric cancer. Like it like fucking cuts through me like something that is <laughs> so profound um, for the children, but also I mean, mostly for the parents. Cause it's like, dude, I fucking know what that feels like. I know what that fear tastes like and it's bad. And 
when you have to like quit a job or, or do whatever, it's just like, dude, this changes an entire dynamic of this. And so for us, like, you know, I don't know when Allie will go back to work. Um, and just like having one less thing to freak out about is like so huge. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I see GoFundMes for silly things, you know, like um, my fucking weed farm got uh, raided and now I need to pay for a lawyer. Like, <laughs> yo, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I'm not donating that. But yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's just, you know, even something as simple like my friend who came down and mowed my lawn. You know, like, if if you are... This shouldn't even need to be said, and it won't. Like, people... When stuff like this happens, which, unfortunately, it happens every day, like, we have been... I don't know if it's blessed or lucky or... I think the term is privileged. Like, we have been privileged in a lot of ways. We've been privileged to be this close to Dartmouth. We've been privileged to be um, fucking white people in Vermont. We've been privileged to have this amazing community support and family support. And so it's like, you know, like use your privilege to like do better in the world. It's like not a thing about luck or like fortune or maybe even being blessed. It's like if you're in a position to help somebody, like help them. And I feel like I've taken in so much of this that I like am ready to start like putting it out. Um, as you know wherever it's like appropriate or able to like yeah and we're definitely still in this like to a certain extent and i'm sure as a parent it will probably never end um but i mean yeah i guess chemo is scheduled for the next two years um for boys it goes longer because of your balls they like that's straight up like oh no it's testicles <laughs> you're like sick sick so um, testicles are the problem freaking balls everything. man yeah. God. problem with the world <laughs> What can't they do? <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, what are my, like... Yeah, I don't know. I've thought about... Um, I thought about making a t-shirt at one point. I was, like... There was a moment where I was, like... So, I drew this picture of him on a skateboard, and his hair is, like, falling off, and I turned it into the cartoon that's yeah. in this, this video. And, yeah, there was a moment where I was, like, I'm fucking gonna get this tattooed on my chest. I get real weird about... Where I'm, like... I gotta do this now, and that obviously passed for mm-hmm. better or worse. So maybe I still will. And then Ellie was like, "You just put it on a T-shirt, <laughs> you know? They're like, put it on your chest. Just make a T-shirt." So I was like, "Oh yeah, maybe that would be cool." And like, um, we can like, you know, sell them or something. I, yeah, I don't really know. The auction was really cool because I like went into my my sister was like, "Do you have any like traveling circus stuff?" <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, yeah, I have this fake hand that was in one of the episodes. I bought that in Utah at a dollar store, like, randomly one day. And it sat in my office for a while. And then, like, leaving on that cross-country trip, my office, my, like, basement room, I, like, I remember grabbing it and being like, I don't know, fucking bring this. And, like, Ian filmed a bunch of stuff with it. And it became, like, this running thing throughout that Traveling Circus episode. Like, oh, it's the fake hand. And then I held on to it, and 
auctioned it off for like 80 bucks or something. I forget what it was, but it like went to this dude that was like a, you know, he supported in a bunch of ways and sent me a really nice message. And if that, it was just like, I mean, hopefully it's like on his like, um, fireplace mantle or he wears it around you his know, neck. a safety deposit box for his yeah. children. Hopefully he's really <laughs> cherishing that like plastic <laughs> fake hand. Uh, and we auctioned off a few like random things like that. I think I can't remember what else. Oh, like a Jersey from the Orage masters. Um, I've had like other stuff, but it was like, like I have a piece of like a, <laughs> of the half pipe rail from an old episode where I like saved like a little piece of a half pipe rail. And I have like all of these weird traveling circus things that are just like silly. But I think my sister was like, this is too weird. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't remember why I started talking about that, but. Well, we should do something like we, well, we'll talk about this after, but like, I think we should do something. And uh, if anybody. I don't yeah. Know, I want to keep we contributing to, to skiing. That's, that's like the moral of the story is the ski community stepped up in a way that I never would, could have imagined. Um, in a time when there was like a million crazy things happening in the world that were unexpected and also like totally legit places to like send money, right? Like, yeah, there's like so much crap going on. There was on. so was much like, going on Jesus last summer. Christ. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had to like totally tune it out. It's like, Boom. yeah, there was, yeah. Um, yeah it was, it was so much. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know. If, hopefully, I'll make some like find a way to make a video or something next year, like some sort of ski video project. Maybe keep doing some illustration stuff. Um, you're really good at it. Like you're really you. like it's. <laughs> uh, I feel yeah. I feel like I'm just giving you compliments here no. left and right. But like, dude. That was like a fun, like, dude, I didn't have a lot of work in the beginning of the pandemic and it's yeah, before dude, I, cancer. Like I had nothing really to do. Fun. Like there I mean And I had a lot of anger about the government and the world and whatever. Yeah. And it, so like dude, I like could rip those out every day because I was just in this headspace where I like didn't have any. Yeah, you other should do outlets. those zines, those little zines you should do all the time. The zines were cool. And then I was like, Yeah, this would be cool. I, I do feel yeah. I, I just have a hard time getting into the headspace lately of like yeah. Well, I What's that. something funny I could draw? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like making things that are like tangible too, like whether it's a sticker or a shirt or the zines were cool. And then for the prints, I like made a few prints. Yeah. When I was working on the Soren video, I wanted to do that stop motion animation. And that's kind of a massive process. And I needed to buy software to actually make the animation and i was like oh shit i gotta buy something else like i'm spending too much money on this home movie essentially already i was like i bet i could sell a few prints and that'll cover the cost of the software and it did and i know you bought one so thank you yeah of course yeah so that's what it went to <laughs> it went towards the stop motion software that yeah. i now just have and i'm like man maybe i should do more of these like there you go you got it dude i know i want to do i've been bugging some not bugging but like just putting it in people's brains of like hey man like if you're working on like a ski video like I'm, i'd be happy to like do some like stop motion stuff or some weird like animations in the middle of it if you're looking for some sort of like filler things i don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do something something 
Or nothing. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I might do nothing at all. <laughs> I mean, I thought about the podcast thing, too. Yeah. Dude, you're really good I at it. Like, you're good at talking. It. And I think that's all you have to do to do a podcast. And like, I can tell you firsthand, like I'm an idiot and I'm not very good at this. And like, I, you can make money at this and fund it without trying very hard. Like it, it would be a good avenue. I listen to a lot of podcasts and um, I do. I like the self-deprecating, self-deprecating aspect of people when they're like, yeah, I got a fucking podcast. Like it sucks. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, it's yeah, like, I know that feeling. <laughs> it's not, dude. It's yeah. It's how I feel every day. Every time someone's like, "What do you do for work?" I'm like, oh, "We're gonna skin show. I have a podcast sometimes." Like it's like you don't even like want to say it. Like it's gross. But I talk on the internet, you know. Yeah. Know. But I don't know. There's shit to do. There's shit to do for sure. Um. All right. Where can people find you on the Instagram? Where can people find any of your work? The video. And most importantly, I'll, I'll include a link to the GoFundMe. But, oh, thanks. Yeah. You don't need to do that. I'm um, 100% going to do that. Like, I put up dumb drawings on Instagram. It's just my full name, Shane McFalls. And yeah, if, if, if there's a link in my profile for the video I made about Soren, and if you were one of the skiers or snow or whoever that has helped out, I would say thank you. And it's not would say thank you. I am saying thank you. Um, that's why I even bugged you about this. I was like, dude, I got to like start figuring out a ways to like say thanks. Oh, and, dude, and I'm glad you did though, because like do a I podcast talk about cancer. Yeah. The, the summer. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely really register. <laughs> like with, this will be really good. Re- or resonate with your audience who like wants to hear about like, no dude, fucking East coast backcountry or something. I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee you that this is like, this will be one of the better episodes we do this year. Like one, people want to hear about like, people want to hear real shit and this is great. And also like, oh, it can get very real, very fast. Yeah. I would say, and also, dude, I wanted to hit you up about this, like to do this, but like I didn't want to be like invasive, you know? Like it's no, hard I'm to open be to like talk about this literally all day long, right? Like <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. So thanks, dude. Thank you. That was episode number something. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, be sure to look at the link in our in our show notes uh, so you can donate. Um, to Soren's Cancer Fund, um, if you can. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week with, I don't know who, but we'll be back on a regular weekly schedule um, starting this week. So talk to you soon. Bye.